Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. So this is a this is done with a baby sleeping on me, so I'm talking kind of quiet. Hopefully, let's see how this goes. Um, this one is for Catherine. Thank you for the request. Um, it's about how to take constructive criticism. Basically converting creative critiques into gold. Thank you again for your life-changing donation. It's made me able to do this work with people like you. So you've definitely given me the biggest donation I've ever received, and I'm so grateful. So here we go. The topic of request is how to take constructive criticism and use it right, specifically when it comes to creative endeavors. So that means hearing it, taking it in, and doing something with it without triggering you emotionally, which can change what the criticism does for you. Like when you get triggered emotionally, um, you can't actually use the criticism. It makes you feel like you have to defend yourself or you automatically feel like you're a failure or you might alter yourself so that you're actually not even heading toward the gold. You're heading toward pleasing them and that outweighs the creative truth. So before I go into this topic, I just wanted to give a quick caveat to anybody who has constant brain chatter, because I'm doing kind of my own private case study here. Um, I think you should first and foremost check into your sleep rhythms, like sleep, um, your your cortisol levels, like do a cortisol test, saliva test. I say that because sometimes when you have... Um, your your sleep is disrupted and like there's some kind of weird fluctuation happening in your sleep your brain's like not letting you go into REM at the right stage all I know is not getting sleep at the right times your brain gets so filled with junk if you don't get solid consistent sleep I would say like there's a certain chunk of time that it's really important so I just am witnessing that now, how a lack of sleep at a certain time, at certain times, really clutters your brain just because of how uh, your brain is not able to wash out all the shit that's in there. So yeah, note to anyone that has brain chatter, check your sleep. Check your, check any, like, whatever. I already said that. All right, here we go. Constructive criticism. So let's start with uh, part one. There are three parts. Part one, the what. Part two, the why. Part three, the how. The tools. 
Part one, painful sensitivity to creative or personal feedback, honing your creative voice, but also battling what is or maybe like circumstances around how or why you're creating something and or kind of negotiating what others think while you kind of figure out that creative voice. Because we are our only true judge of good and bad. Um, but you also have to kind of constantly negotiate and balance the other goals you have or the other purposes you have for whatever you're creating, including your audience. Unless you are, you know, I mean, even if you're a fine artist, the audience matters because it's a communication ultimately. So I want to use my podcast as an example. Um, because everybody I talked to when I first started podcasting, uh, everybody was telling me, and when I first started blogging, everybody kind of told me their own version of what they thought I should do. People told me to do listicles or to make shorter content that was more interview based. And I do do interviews, but that's not really what I'm about. And ultimately I had to try on those things and then remember kind of, or I would say figure out through that trying on what I was and who I wanted to be and what ultimately what this is for, which is, you know, it's a very, I have a very specific personal goal. And with anything that comes directly from your heart, you will also have very specific um, energies that have to come through. So it's, it's about serving those while also checking them against kind of the external world that you live in and make sure that it's, its presence is honoring its purpose. And so I will say it's a balancing act. So the same goes for you. You have to ask yourself, what is your goal? What is your truth? And if it's to be commercial, and that is something you have to negotiate all the time, especially if it's a creative endeavor. You have to remember, you have to integrate uh, commerce and the scale of what has value into the creative work, which is a balancing act. And that's a very difficult one to negotiate because it's like, uh, you know, making it not too sweet, not too salty constantly. And here's the thing. If you want to get good fast at anything, welcome criticism. Another word for it would be feedback. Because the more you allow to influence you, the more you, the more form you take more quickly. However, in order to do that, you've got to have a strong enough instinct for what it is you want out of the process. So if you don't know yet what you want out of this creative process, it's really easy to get taken over by the feedback of others. And also, if you don't know why something is good, it's really hard to have a compass. Like meaning, if you are just listening to the feedback of others and you can't see why something is good or why it's valid, it's almost like you're just working blindly. Therefore, I mean, it's it's fine to try that for a while, but eventually you have to understand what it is 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 of merit in your own work. It can't be just you executing because otherwise it's not you and you're not getting the the marrow out of yourself. 
So I would say, in general, this is a process. Constructive criticism and receiving feedback is a process that evolves and grows with you. And you will get stronger and it will only become more accessible to you as you as you do it. Um, I hope no one listening hates babies or can't stand the sound of cooing babies. Apologies if you are like super annoyed by this sound. Um, okay, part two, the why. So why would criticism or constructive criticism be really annoying uh, or painful or intolerable to somebody? I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, we all have some kind of criticism that gets to us in a weird way or hits a sore spot. There's no one that's immune. And I would say, actually, that's not true. The Dalai Lama is immune. (laughs) But I would say we all have a lot of pain around not being perfect that's residual from childhood. And it's, I think, usually just an innate desire to prevent our own suffering. So we want to be able to be in control of our pain. We want to be able to to muscle it and maneuver around it and make sure we're not blindsided by it. So we innately, a lot of us grow up with a desire to be perfect and a desire to do everything great and flawlessly. In addition to that, so in other words, it's just, it's normal. It's normal to not, to feel hurt if we are not good or like the good, good boy, good girl. Another really major factor in, in the pain of criticism is defensiveness is another version of not feeling seen. So it's like a knee jerk reaction. That's a way of saying, but no, but you must have not understood me. So I want you to reflect on that one in particular right now, because that one is one you don't really notice or realize is operating in you because it's sort of like backwards and weird. It's like a random thing. But a lot of the time when we push back on criticism, it's just feeling like, wait, no, but you didn't get, you didn't hear me. But you can't feel that way. Like we're trying to correct somebody because we think they didn't, hear us right or some somehow they must not have heard us because if they did they would love us because our intention is so genuine and that in particular that feeling or that knee-jerk reaction comes from a very specific place of uh usually parents that either are cold or um neglectful or just regular human beings who are preoccupied with their own shit. And that is just a really common feeling for us to grow up with is like, but why don't you love me? But why aren't you giving me the thing I want? But why can't you see that I'm so good? And it's, it's just this, this unmet need that's very, very old and very painful. And I tell you that information just so you can, if it's true for you, just highlight it. Know that it exists because all of this is about 
all this information, all this knowledge is really about slowing down the reactions that happen so that eventually they're so slow that we don't get affected by them. We move on. They, we feel them and then we move on immediately. Honing a creative voice of any kind, it takes openness and flexibility. And uh, you ha- it's like you're honing a gut instinct, like a sense of resonance with yourself. And it takes a long time. It takes a lifetime in many ways. Because we constantly get to know ourselves and we constantly reinvent ourselves. And we want criticism, but we have to have also this solid core in order to weather it, a.k.a. It's like um, waves that are kind of shaping a rock. And that, that core is basically your inner bar for yourself that you can bounce, you can stand against whatever is changing you. And with art of self, you're always kind of finding the form. Like anything that's coming from you, it's, con- it's constantly coming uh, to light as you live, as you become yourself. So it's like in many ways you have to be firm but bend. That's, I know, very uh, self-helpy. <laughs> but it's like the tree, you know? It's the tree and the wind. And it's, it's hard because it's ever-evolving. But you have to be open to ideas and suggestions and not necessarily, um, not necessarily take them all in. It's like you have to, you have to try them on. So it's like, think of things as outside of you as, as like air or water. If you're the tree or if you're the rock, it's like there are these fluids that can interact around you and move you. And they can kind of gently push you in a different direction. But they don't have to undo you or alter kind of that, that self that is that you're fostering. Your, your goal is to build a strong core, not break it down, not destroy it. So I would say whatever criticism you're receiving, receive it gently. Take it in with the goal of allowing it to affect you but not completely undo you or change you just because the goal is really to maintain this, you know, upright standing position that is self. Hope that made sense. I was visualizing it. (laughs) Hopefully you visualized it with me. Criticism is also a delicate communication um, of all communications. It's a really, it's really hard one to do. It's a, it's an art in itself. People don't know how to give constructive criticism very well. And that's because a lot of people are um, not taught how to communicate objectively. Like, things I think come out really spiked with weird feelings or words of judgment. It's just, it all depends on how your parents spoke to you. What words they used to communicate things that are right or wrong. So it's like when we're asked to be honest, when we're asked to voice those feelings or opinions we have inside, because we're not um, being objective, we're, we're being personal, we're giving our personal opinion, it's really, it's really vulnerable or it's really hard to do that um, 
in a clean and clear way. You have to be open yourself to do it in the first place. And it's hard to give your own opinion comfortably. In many ways, you have to be whole to offer something like that. Like you have to be convicted and confident to give good constructive criticism. So I would say a lot of the time it comes out with the wrong tone or the wrong, you know, adjectives or pronouns. It's just because people are not used to voicing inner narratives to someone else. So just take that with a grain of salt. It's hard to be um, direct and not, you know, make it all clunky. So remember that people are trying hard, but they're, it's just one of those things that's very hard to do. Um, and a lot of the time we, we have baggage around feedback and receiving feedback because of how we were taught our worth and how important the external is. So our own tolerance for imperfection is really what this is about, how hard it is for you. It's like how you are, um, how capable your parents made you at feeling like you messed up. Were they, did they make it okay for you to stumble and fall or did they make you feel like you should be embarrassed? Like the, a lot of how you are, you take in feedback will have to do with that. And a lot of people out there who give good constructive criticism are a squishy ball of good intentions. And sometimes they get some, you know, rocks stuck in there and they don't mean you any harm but it's because they have their own shit and they don't even realize it. So know that a lot of the time, if you are receiving constructive criticism that's actually negative and rude and hurtful, it's coming from unseen in that other person, a place of not feeling good enough or um, unconsciously feeling insecure. So it's almost like they are attempting to justify their reasoning, which comes off as pompous or cold or mean or if they have a tone that's really bratty it's likely just the, the way they were brought up it's not they they probably can't even see it or hear it so i say that because once you set your mind to not take it personally you can better separate the rocks from the good intentions so just remember that your goal is to not take them and their shit personally we all feel a little threatened and a little judged and uh, have times when we get defensive. And that's because there's a comparative voice in our heads that's constantly telling us to compare ourselves and analyze ourselves next to someone else. And it's just, that's the ego, survival. It's like we are Hal. Hal is like, I'm talking about 2001 the film if anyone is too young to know what that is but it's like you're you have a computer that's trying to survive and it's trying to calculate constantly how to defend itself so we all possess the percent propensity to feel complete and also worthless and it has nothing to do with the literal traits we have or the facts of our lives and that's just because of the way humans are we are um, all equal 
in many ways because the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself. And you could have totally perfect ingredients and still feel worthless. It all has to do with your brain's filter. The core of feelings of inadequacy come from kind of a, the wrong target of focus. Um, our focus will be on the external, kind of as a measure of our worth. And it happens when we forget to orient our vision towards something internal, like do we feel good and our happiness. So it's like when we start to collect the badges that make us feel sure and confident because we can measure ourselves. Um, but then you need to keep up the flow of these badges, otherwise you don't feel valid enough. So this is how you tweak that. Like most things in your life, like most change, it will be a choice. You must choose to reconfigure your perspective and then simply return again and again. Like reset your focus again and again. If you come from a place of lack, like if you start from a place of I'm not good enough and you, you chase the badges, then you're always catching up. And that's like, it becomes the game, it becomes the soothing balm for anxiety. So I want you to think about that right now, because that's like kind of a, the same kind of bad habit that I would say many of us do just to feel valid. It's like this unconscious striving. We get in the habit of looking for what will quench us. And the process of chasing, of earning, like, I did all these things, I'm good. I did all this work, I feel valid. I don't feel like a slacker. I wore all the, I wore this outfit, I got all this stuff that makes me correct. I feel okay about myself. It's like we get into these really unconscious uh, habit loops, like these obsessions. Um, and then the process of feeling okay is, it becomes life. That, that becomes our obsession. It's this act of constant measuring and collecting and meeting this bar. So I say that because when you are in a creative field or you're a creative person, it can't be the, the, the hollowness. You can't start with, I want to be perfect. I want to win. Because that's the game of catch-up. That will be the process of collecting and pursuing badges nonstop. And that will, you'll always be behind if you're, catch, if you're chasing what's outside of you. It's like chasing fireflies versus, it's like chasing waterfalls, y'all. You understand what I mean. Above all, try and be proud of yourself. Because it's really hard and scary and not elegant to get hurt in these types of spots. Because it's coming from the deepest, softest, squishiest, most vulnerable part of you. So it's really hard to put yourself out there and be genuine and authentic. Authenticity requires probably the most bravery of any act you can do. It's like putting your yourself on the line. And honing your creative voice is kind of like learning to dance in that it won't flow from the right spot. Like you can't really tune into it until you figure it out and uh, exercise it, you know? So it's like getting used to using a muscle for the first time. It takes a while to get good at being you. And we kind of learn who we want to be several times throughout our life. So if you're finding that it's awkward and feels weird and foreign, 
That's maybe because you're learning something new about yourself. You're growing some new facet of yourself. Personal expression or or self-realization, I would say, let's call it personal best. Honoring your truth, coming from the genuine and the raw and the self. That is where you get depth. That's where you get blood and passion and the good stuff. That's where you stir the hearts of others. That's where greatness lives. Because you invite love and meaning and you invite it to speak to others from kind of the strongest place you have, like the greatest power you have. It's where new comes from and the new that only you can create comes from. So choosing to be self-tolerant above all else, not perfectionistic, it's kind of like breaking up with a disorder. It's like or a bad significant other. It can feel anything from scary to sad, kind of like losing a friend, because it's like you're losing an obsession. It's a a soothing habit. But I want you to do it. If you happen to have a a habit of chasing um, a bar, an unrealistic bar that is outside of you, instead of growing what you have that is of merit, Allowing it to come forth. But break up with that. Break up with that habit. Because it's wasting so much of your energy. And you probably just can't tell. So with that, I want to give you some logic. I want to give you lots of tools on this one. um, To apply to this. I guess it's a pretty broad um, creativity in general. Here we go. Part three, the tools. Okay, here we go. Tool number one It's called What's in the Dirt? So this is a journal exercise. It's an excavation. Um, so I have a row of trees in my backyard, and one of them died. And it's because there was some sort of, like, bleach or something that the neighbors put in, like, spilled. So it, like, killed the roots. So I want you to check your soil. I want you to see at, at the bottom of any kind of like um, innate reactions you have. What are the self-defeating assumptions that are beneath those beliefs? Like what are the ones that hurt you the most? And usually they're really old instincts that kind of justified something in our upbringing along the lines of it's because I'm not good enough or it's because I don't deserve to be happy or uh I don't, no one loves me enough. And these really, really old catchphrases, they can be things that kind of follow us and, and they're totally unseen to us. And they can keep us stuck in this identity of not good enough or um, broken. For example, um, I'm always going to be not good enough or I'm, I just can't change. I'll never be the best. I'm bound to suffer and be unhappy. I'm never going to be a success. So these become like these justifications for why we don't deserve to feel really happy and proud of ourselves. And it's actually a way of staying comfortable in unhappiness. Like we feel it's it, because it's familiar. We get really comfortable there and we don't like feeling confident or proud or extroverted because it's scary. And it's weird to feel 
confident and free. So we just tend to revert back to this place. It's super common. It sounds weird, but like it's so much more comfortable to be uh, unhappy and not confident. Just because that's where we're used to. We're, we live there most of the time. So just, I want you to take that into your journal and just think about what's in your soil. Like, what are these old catchphrases that might be um, where you're staying safe? That's the first tool. Second tool, step into the back row. So when you receive constructive criticism when you on anything creative... I want you to picture your mind as a stage and I want just try this once next time you're receiving cr constructive criticism. Step off of the stage that is your brain and walk into the back row and see what is being said as though you're like an audience member in the back of your brain. Like, yeah, an alien's piloting your body and you're just like way back inside the skull. So that is because emotionally we get triggered by receiving feedback. And you can just step back and notice it. I want you to witness what the emotion is and what the texture of the emotion is. So basically mindfulness. I want you to observe your body, if your breathing changes, if you feel any tinge of energy in a certain part of your body. Just take mental note. Just do this for like a few beats. And whatever you feel, I want you to write it down or just mentally name it. So let's say like discomfort, um, fear, uh, anger, gut, whatever it is. I just want you to make mental notes and then if it'll help to write it down. And then what that does is it actually uh, scrubs away a little bit of the pain just by allowing you to recognize the process that's happening in your body. It'll change it from directly um, having it pilot your body into you being able to actually separate from the emotional trigger and control your reaction. It's just about slowing it down. Next tool is called check the gift label. So if there's, this is a gift you're, you're giving to yourself, receiving feedback, working on your craft, I want you to look at that gift and check who is it to? What is this for? What is the voice or um, the tense or the, what is the should in your brain calling out? Is, is it saying I should be doing this because it will, because it'll make me more popular? Or basically is the goal targeted to the right thing? When you receive feedback and, and your instincts start to motivate you is that instinct coming from the right place is it pushing you towards status or the promise of worth or is it for you is the gift for yourself or is the gift for um commercialism for example really just notice what is the thing that this is serving remember to make that go to the right place so if it's coming from a, I need to be right, that's not, that's not who the gift is for. It's, it's about checking um, the motivation. So the next tool I have is called X marks the spot. Whatever hurts you in feedback, 
really points to something you believe, not them. So you can use this, use these hurts to recognize your own baggage and unconscious beliefs about yourself. For example, maybe you feel like you have a knee-jerk reaction to defend. That might be because you have a belief that you're a bad kid. Like, that might be coming from this very old um, unmet need or, or pain story that has to do with, like, my parents think I'm just a bad kid and I think I'm a bad kid because they didn't love me enough. So for you, I want you to examine where does it hurt. Like, whatever you think they think about you is a hi- just highlight it. It's, it'll show you your own beliefs about yourself. So check out where those might be coming from. Like, what age is that belief from? What person created that belief? What kinds of experiences created that belief? Because if you can familiarize yourself with them, there are, there are probably like a handful of them, and they're really consistent. And what happens is you just start to notice them, and then they become very weak. Over time, you just they stop bugging you because you're like, oh, that's that knee-jerk reaction I have to defend myself because... I think I'm a bad kid. Hurt is often the personal um, feeling of being unseen or misunderstood. And that's really common with if parents were neglectful. So a lot, another common one is needing to be right. Like that's kind of an insecure knee-jerk reaction. Need for approval. It's wanting to be liked by somebody. Feeling like we have to earn being liked. Um... And it's really just about recognizing it and naming it. And by naming it, calling it out, knowing it, you remove part of the sting. It just goes from emotional to rational, which makes it way more palatable. The next tool is a visualization for when you are receiving constructive criticism. Just picture you are shopping. You're trying on clothes. You're trying on outfits. This is for you. So visualize your feedback as an outfit. You're just trying on somebody else's POV and seeing what it looks like on your body. And if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. So it's just like, just want you to picture that as a literal piece of clothing. Think of it as spandex, just to make it more visceral. My next tool is called Scrub It, a.k.a. Process Your Emotions. So I want you to scrub off the feedback in your journal and kind of get the me off of it. Reduce it down to as minimal, as few words, and as basic of words as possible. So whatever that person said, reduce it down like if you had to translate it into a foreign language. Like, that's how bare bones I want you to make it. Just so you can see um, that feedback minus whatever layers you might be adding into it that reflect about your character or your personality. And this is just an exercise so that you can be more objective. If something is really hard for you to gauge and is affecting you in a personal way, that's just a filter to apply to it. The next tool is also a journal tool, calling it Protractor, uh, which... I've never actually used one outside of, like, elementary school. It's those things with the little pointy thingy. (laughs) So basically, I want you to trace the angle 
Where are they coming from? So if something is sticking to you, something's bugging you, um, I want you to take it apart later in your journal by just basically tracing what motivations create feedback like that. Like literally trace all of the ingredients you can think of from that communication. And it'll be easy to see, you know? I mean, I think it'll like help things haunt you less when you can actually just see things in black and white. The next tool I have is recast the scene. So this is another just mental way to do the scrubbing is just take the whatever feedback you received and the situation and recast it. So take it out of context. Try it on as though it were about somebody else in a totally different environment about something totally unrelated to what you do and see if it feels good or bad. Does it feel like it's too harsh or does it feel like it's just basic feedback? Because sometimes you'll be like, was that wrong or was that mean or was that degrading? And then when you applied it to somebody else that's not you and their field, it's like, I don't know, that makes sense. It's not too harsh. Uh, my next tool is called, oh, it's a mantra. What am I protecting? So just remind yourself in the moment if you feel like you're kind of coveting or protecting, covering yourself, not wanting to accept the feedback. Remind yourself that creativity is flexible. And when we are coveting, it's not, we're not being objective. We're, we're taking it into ourselves. So allow your work to be um, an object that is something that can be affected and just allow yourself to test things out. Allow yourself to receive perspective on what is better or more right for you in this exploration process. So does, does the reaction you have when you're receiving feedback make you feel like you're protecting your belly? Like, does it feel like you're covering yourself? Or does it feel like you're receiving it with openness? So just think about your physical body and, like, try and open more. So, like, arch your chest. Like, literally open your heart area. Like, flex your back a little bit. It's like when we get into defensive mindsets, we tend to get into defensive body positions as well. So it's just a way to actually gently alter yourself in the moment so that you are better receiving um, the feedback with more openness. Another tool I have for you is called, it's a visualization, also for when you're receiving feedback, um, panning. You're panning for gold. You're a gold miner. So I want you to remind yourself in the moment you are trying to, you're, you're searching for any specks of gold. So study this feedback intensely. Look at it as closely as you can. Listen as intently as you can. Think of it as like an excavation process of I'm trying to find the gold. Where's the gold? Where's the gold? And that I think just removes a little bit of the it's about me personally and makes it way more about uh, intellect. So you're searching for nuggets. And that's your purpose is just searching for Nuggets and be very efficient about it. 
So, like, when I receive feedback, I think I'm very uh, analytical in that looking for gold nuggets part of it is like, uh-huh, tell me more. Tell me more. I want to hear everything you have to say. I'm sifting through all of your words, and I'm looking for anything I want to pull out. It's just a slight tweak in the way you perceive um, the feedback. Next tool I have for you is um, this is to do a reflection to do. It's called contrast learning. So I want you to, this is a way to really build your understanding of yourself and your own value and your merits as a creative person and grow your confidence. So I want you to look at something past that you've done, like um, a project or anything, any creative thing you've done that was, I would say, um, more substantial in your past, maybe last year, maybe the year before, maybe a couple years ago. And I want you to look at the that work now out of um, with fresh eyes and now examine what it is you thought about that when you were in the process of creating it and basically examine the contrast how it felt at the time how much you judged yourself how fearful you were at the time and how you feel about it now and how you can see its merits now and I think you can you'll find examples of that um, specifically when you're like, you know, in college or when you're, you're first learning something and you're so petrified, you, we tend to feel like we're, our work is crap or that we're doing something terribly. And it, and if you look back on it, you'll be like, oh, I was actually pretty good and I was talented and I had the feelings I had at that time were so much darker than what, uh, was warranted. So hopefully that whatever example you examine proves that to you and not the opposite. Um, but I think it can help you grow an awareness of where you're too harsh on yourself now because we still have that filter of not good enough and we are our harshest judges today still. So remember that. The next tool I have for you is called put it in a drawer, a.k.a. take a break from it. So whenever anything is bugging you and you're replaying it in your mind and it's stinging, you it has you on the defense. So this is not the place where you're going to arrive at a good conclusion. So therefore, I want you to write it down at the top of a journal page and put it in a drawer mentally for at least 24 hours, preferably more, because your brain can clean a lot of the gunk out of the way for you to be able to gauge it realistically if you have some space from it. But because if you're in the emotion, if you're in the trigger, you're in the defensive, small, restrictive, like that's the place that will not allow you to, to suck out the marrow from that feedback. Space helps because feedback is a trigger. It's a trigger for um, for all of us. Just because it's, uh, you know, something that comes at ourself. So hopefully the baby sounds were not too annoying. If they are really annoying, someone please re write to me and I will um, postpone recording these to a later date when I can not have a baby in the background. Because that way it will be more listened toable for you. If it, even if it's months away from now. Um, so I hope all those made sense. That was a lot of tools, I know. 
And uh, Catherine, I hope this helps you. I hope you enjoyed it. And before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Julia, Aurora. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and to all my monthly sponsors who keep on supporting this work. It means a lot to me. This is what makes this all possible. So thank you so much. And anybody out there who can afford it, uh, your donations are definitely what allow me to do this and are always appreciated. And uh, anybody that has time to give me a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud, I would appreciate that as well. So in closing, the good news is you are training for the big leagues. Just by receiving constructive criticism and choosing to do so and, and wanting it and wanting to get good at it, you are teaching yourself how to be a really strong, confident person. Like, this is the process that people go through when they grow into, like, the most confident, self-assured, kind of sexy person that you, you meet on the street and you're like, wow, what do they have? That's, this is what you do to get there, this routine. This process um, you're going through right now is, like, the most powerful self-growth process um, and how it affects you. So, high fives. And... Also high fives because you're in the ring. Like you're in the ring of life. You're doing it. You're living it. You're not holding back by allowing things to hurt you and affect you and change you. Um, you are participating and you're not hiding from growth. So by, by going through this process, um, you are growing yourself and you're actually getting better at being you. You're, this is the path toward greatness, personal greatness. And I would say um, at the end of the day, all that matters is if you are proud of yourself and if you wholeheartedly put yourself into something, if your best has gone into something. And that is what I think matters more than anything. Even if something is shitty, <laughs> objectively shitty, I think that is what is beautiful to me, um, the the pursuit. And if I would say, for example, if you're, you know, a pop singer, maybe that is not your thing. Maybe that's it's less creative. Maybe it's more commerce. And that's something you just have to decide. And if it is something that's kind of conflicting with with your goals, like maybe you're like, I don't know how to negotiate this because something I'm doing is for money and the best version of it is not me, then maybe it has to be that. Maybe it doesn't have to be an expression of you. But I think just in your mind, you can you can kind of clearly divide that so that it doesn't have to be such a confusing battle. You know, um, just know your goals when it comes to self and um, money. And it's, it's, it's always kind of a negotiation. It's always kind of a balancing act. Um, and everyone, everything has a reason for existing and everyone has a reason for making things. So don't judge it as less than or, or look down on it. And I would say also there is a lot to be said for sharing you know when you create something that is to be shared 
that is, uh, it's got to speak more languages when it's to be consumed by others. It's got to relate. So that's its own separate filter that you can apply to whatever you make. Can others hear me? Am I communicating what I want to say to the right people? That's a great bar for me personally. Um, is can they hear me right? So that helps it be less convoluted or less personal. And above all, just remember you've got to trust yourself or grow your ability to trust yourself. And you don't necessarily have to share your decision with others. Like, if you're collecting feedback from other people, you don't have to use all of it. Know that when people give their feedback, they're, and I don't mean people that are insecure or mean or cruel, but people who are, who are giving you feedback or criticizing you are trying to help, and they're trying to feel a value and give a gift. So you are allowed to just listen and take what they have to offer, and you give them a gift by doing that. Know that people desperately want to help and feel of use, and you can just thank them with your reaction. Give them that gift of making them feel of value. And that's like a generous exercise that you go through when you do that from a genuine place. Like you actively receive their feedback with grace. Um, that's how you come into a feeling of confidence just by, by deliberately doing that act. You honor them by showing them that you value what they think. And throughout that listening process, um, know that you can do and you will do what you want to ultimately. Like, you're the one that gets that and gets to do whatever you want with it. You can never, like the sweater you can put in the closet and never wear, or you could try it on. It doesn't matter. But you, in the process of receiving feedback, you give a gift as well. Um, and that could be something just you use to protect yourself when you're receiving feedback that is harsh <laughs> next time. Um, so when you do try on constructive criticism... You build muscle memory. It hurts and it grows you. And that is the really hard part. It takes courage. But it actually makes you a bigger person. When you defend and you rationalize, and that's when you hide and you do not grow. That's when you covet and protect and you uh, resist. So remember, the good, the good stuff comes from the stuff that hurts a little. Uh, and I would say out of any personal growth you do in your entire life, this is where the good, amazing, superpower growth happens. So more high fives. <laughs> um, I know that was a little, uh, a little messy, but I hope, I hope all that translated and I hope this helps if you are in a, pl a place of of wanting to get better at receiving constructive criticism. And don't forget to smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.